Libraries are haunted. Some libraries are in grand historic buildings while others reside in newer ones. But what they both have in common is that they are held with enough esteem within the community to form connections with their visitors and staff over lifetimes. Tonight, we highlight three haunted libraries in Ohio, the Clifton Branch Library, the Portsmouth Main Public Library, and the Garnet A. Wilson Public Library. More to come after the introduction music. and welcome to another wonderful episode of the Cincinnati Cabinet of Curiosities presents the Hometown Haunts podcast. I am your host, Kak Logo, and along with me are Christina Wald and Jen Kohler. They're in the shadows right now, but they'll come out a little bit later to chat. Yes, with their Ouija boards. Woo! I'm I'm being sarcastic. We don't have Ouija boards. Sorry, everyone. But you can still contact us in much more mortal ways. Via Twitter and Instagram, you can follow us at Sin Cabinet Curio on Twitter and Cincy Cabinet of Curiosities on Instagram. You can also join our Facebook group, Hometown Haunts, and it's growing every single week with people chatting about dead stuff. Also, speaking of dead stuff, we're dying to hear your personal encounters with the paranormal and fringe history from your neck of the woods. Send it to the Hometown Haunted Mail at gmail.com or join the Facebook group to share your stories. We're an official podcast that can be heard wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you want to see us while we're doing the show, you can watch the live video feed on YouTube. Find us by searching Cincinnati Cabinet of Curiosities and please rate and review us on all those platforms so other spooky history lovers just like yourself can find us. Link in the show notes. For show news today, Happy Lunar New Year! It is the year of the rabbit! Um... It, or the year of the cat. It depends on where you are in the world. Both are adorable. Both have whiskers. And I love them all dearly. Uh, also, we will be at the inaugural Frogman Fest this March 4th at the Great Wolf Lodge Conference Center in Mason, Ohio. We have copies of both issues of the Cincinnati Cabinet of Curio- Curiosities Comics Anthology. Gee, you would think I'd be able to say that after saying it hundreds of times every week. <laughs> But there are also cryptid posters and stickers available for sale. Friend of the show and author extraordinaire James Willis is a featured speaker along with other folklorists, cryptozoologists, and authors. And witches, I hear. There's going to be witches there as well doing tarot readings. For more information, check them out at frogmanfestival.com. That same month, on March 18, 2023, we will be at the Highland Heights Comic Con in, at Northern Kentucky University Student Union. If you are an artist or vendor interested in the event, you can reserve a table on their Kickstarter campaign. The link is so long that it can't, I can't say it here, but it will be in the show notes. Also, we're working on issue three of the Cincinnati Cabinet of Curiosities Comics Anthology. Woo! So, Jen, Christina, do you have any news to contribute to today's show? No. I should <laughs> I should say that um, I'm trying to get something started that we might have a student gallery at that show, too, at Highland Ooh, Heights. Ooh, that'd be fun. Yeah, I've, I've been talking to my students, and I have actually some students that are doing independent studies, and they're very interested in tables and stuff. So hopefully we'll have, like, a little student gallery there. That'd be nice. This would be a very good first-time intro into comic cons and vending and selling your artwork via direct sales. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. You know, that's, and it seems like, you know, for career artists that more than anything, being entrepreneurial seems to be the direction things are going. So this is a good way to dip your toes in. Oh yeah. Owning your IP and selling it yourself is definitely the way of the world right now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's a lot of work, but man, is it so much more rewarding to do so. Yeah. That's very true. That's very yeah. true. Yeah. Not that we don't love our clients, but no. it is nice to do your own IP too. <laughs> yes, it is very nice to do your own IP and control it and all that. It's 
so much business. And everyone, I can hear all of our listeners, their eyes rolling to the back of their head going, we want to hear about ghosts. We don't want to hear about business strategies for small entrepreneurs. <laughs> um, I do. Oh. <laughs> well, you know. Well, Jen, we'll grab a cup of coffee and visit at a, at a bookstore and yeah. do strategies sometimes. <laughs> I think we still need to do that book uh, of the month club or something. We do. I think yes. that's a great idea. And our book, first book of the month, has is... been moved but that was greg hand's book from last week and also mm -hmm. thank you greg hand for the wonderful shout out via reddit that the hometown haunts has urban legends local urban legends sewn up for the cincinnati region so that was a wonderful little review that he didn't know that i recorded <laughs> <laughs> you know in the most loving way though. it was the most it was more of a i'm just scrolling through reddit as you do and it, whenever in the r slash cincinnati forum anything about urban legends pops up it's a saved tab immediately just to see if we can find any more information from somebody in the area just talking about it i'm giving away my secrets here uh <laughs> and greg is always he or fluke skywalker are i swear the most tagged people on our reddit threads for cincinnati interesting oh yeah and they respond. That's why. And Greg responded. And his response was, well, I know ghost, like urban legends and ghost stories, but the gals over at Hometown Haunts has this sewn up. Like, we, we know our stuff. I feel approved by Greg Hand, which is a great, great honor. Because yes. he is definitely in the know about all things history in Cincinnati. So uh, tonight's episode is inspired by our travels last month. Throughout the Cincinnati area, I like how we're able to start traveling again, because definitely the legend tripping, to use Jeff Belanger's term for it, is something I dearly love to do. I love visiting all these locations. I guess dark tourism is also what it's called. Um, but when we were in Burnett Woods, we were freezing, <laughs> going hiking around, and christina i think no jen you had gone there first to use the restroom before we met up and then all of us were freezing and you're like why don't we go back to the library and i'm like sure i have not seen this library and christina you agreed and we and you used to live around there too so we no, got a little was, mini tour a away I yeah i lived on brookline over there in a house i would pass that house almost every day going home yeah or library now. It was yeah, a, it's a library. fraternity house back then. Yeah, it was a fraternity house for a really long time. I was surprised. Yes, but... yes. Um, actually, my dad was in that fraternity, so. Oh, wow. <laughs> Good fraternity? Bad fraternity? I think it depends on the school. Aren't they okay. all bad? <laughs> no, not all of them. Like, not all sororities and fraternities are bad. Like, I was part of the knife and fork sorority, as I mentioned, <laughs> while we were yeah. walking through the woods. Mm -hmm. What I mean by that is that um, we didn't have an actual house. We always had to meet at restaurants. So we were the knife and fork sorority because we always had to meet in eating establishments because there were so many of us. Mm -hmm. But, and also we ate food. Yum. <laughs> I don't know I where mean. we're going with that. But, Yeah. <laughs> Yummy. Yummy. <laughs> um, but yeah, not every sorority and fraternity have houses either. They're expensive that's, to keep. That's up. true. But yeah. you know, the thing about the, this particular fraternity house is its history before the fraternity is probably even more interesting. Oh, yeah, it's Agreed. far more interesting. Yeah. So also, I think this should be a good episode for all listeners to be able to enjoy the spookiness of it because it's just wonderful, spooky folklore stories of ghosts no descriptions of how people became ghosts so this is a i'm gonna say flagged green for everyone to enjoy it's that's rare i think anymore we but... need like a rating system with skulls <laughs> Here we go. this is a one skull show <laughs> maybe like, we should do the entire skeleton skull. it's just oh that's a good idea yeah the entire skeleton is a this is a red flag. There's a lot of stuff going on. This one's just the bitty toes. Toe Should they be colored skeletons? Like a green, yellow, red thing? Oh, like I mean, a that's a Grateful thing. Dead thing. Oh, but... that's true. Yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> we'll go with anatomy. Could we go with anatomy? This is a toe bone episode. <laughs> <laughs> the 
is this is this is a funny bone episode. This is a funny bone episode. Yeah, it's it's good for everyone. It's a funny bone episode. <laughs> All right, everyone. It could uh, be the smiling skull or the flaming skull. Oh, there you go. Mm, there we go. Yeah. I mean, we do natty. Yeah. yeah. Bring natty back into this. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So. Okay. So a, a smiling natty. Well, skulls are always technically smiling, but oh yes, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> my, my, little, my rack of skulls just keeps growing every week. There's a new one that just appears. Um, I know. Yeah. So, okay. So on to tonight's funny bone smiling natty episode of haunted libraries. Um, so we we I've only heard about this place in books that read about them um and then we had the opportunity to go because it's literally right across the park from burnett woods which makes sense why it's called parkview manor <laughs> i was just like why is it called park free manor oh i sometimes i'm dumb <laughs> so Anyway, just spacey, not just dumb. spacey. Maybe yeah. slightly flaky. Did not put it together until you're standing at the corner of Brookline and uh, Jefferson, and you're just like, "Aha, yeah, I get it now." Uh, so, I'm getting into my little script here. One of the most beautiful libraries in Cincinnati is the Clifton Branch of the Cincinnati and Hamilton County Public Library. It sits on the corner of Brookline and Jefferson Avenues, across from Burnett Woods, as we were just talking about. What brought us to the library was to warm ourselves up and use the facilities during our adventure hiking around Burnett Woods last December. But after talking to the librarians there, we discovered that they had their own resident ghosts floating around the bookcases. Don't worry, she's not scary or startling, but she seems to have been in the building for a while and seen a thing or two, especially since it used to be a fraternity house. Yeah. So the house, which just mentioned is called Parkview Manor, was built in 1895 as one of the last projects by famed Cincinnati architect Samuel Hannaford. Parkview Manor was the home of infamous 19th century political influencer George Barnsdale Boss Cox and his wife Carolyn Schill Cox. The mansion is a beautiful example of Italian architecture built in limestone. Both George and Caroline died in the house. George had of a stroke in 1916 and Caroline of pneumonia in 1938, and they had no children. Also, Samuel Hannaford uh, is famous for building so many buildings around Cincinnati. We, pro we probably could take a Hannaford tour of Cincinnati, but most notably the Cincinnati Music Hall and also our City Hall. For 58 years, from 1949 to 2007, the mansion was occupied by the Pi Kappa Alpha fraternity who left. <laughs> Christina, did I say that one right? <laughs> Pi Kappa Alpha, Pike. <laughs> They're okay. called Pikes. Pikes. All right. Who The Pikes who live there, who left the historical fixtures in, of the building intact, which is like a big yay for all of us who are just historical architecture nerds. In 2010, the library was purchased and uh, gifted to the Cincinnati and Hamilton County Public Library and was painfully restored by the architecture firm McClory and Savage. The, film, the firm restored the original painted glass, fireplaces, mirrors, windows, and the huge staircase that you cannot miss when you walk into the building, all to their former glory during the Cox years. The former solarium is now the enchanting children's reading nook, while the basement was transformed into a computer center, meeting rooms, and teen space. The first floor, once made up of the dining room, front men's and women's parlors, kitchen, and carriage court, now have a bulk of the li library books and dvd stacks the carriage gate of which or the carriage court of where the carriages and cars drove up to the house once upon a time retains its stone structure but is now an enclosed reading space while walking up the stately staircase to the second floor where the staff offices and extra restrooms are you pass the large painted windows and those really remarkable what were they mantles jen like old fireplace mantles and other display yeah, cases. Mirrors. I think one it it looked like a gigantic sideboard. Yeah. Sideboard. I don't know if it would have been in a dining room, maybe, or 
Right. I think it was in the dining room. Yeah. Yeah. So they have them intact. They're no longer in the actual stacks now, but they're upstairs. And they had wonderful depictions carved on them of green men, which are a folklore uh, character from Ireland and Celtic belief. So I'm trying to remember my green man correctly. Um, so you see them a lot. There's that leafy bearded man that you'll see. Like I have them on my flower pots outside, but you'll see them in anywhere where there's like gardens or somebody who's a big gardener. You'll see that uh, green man carved somewhere in their house or on their property. Would Bacchus be a green man? I think so. Yeah. Okay. So I associate um, I th- it more with. British pagan traditions than than Greek mythology. Than, yeah, yeah. Okay. But they kind of did, thanks to the Romans, kind of get their lines got blurred a little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Although this was uh, kind of, from what I'm reading here, it's pagan traditions related to tree worship. Yeah, mm-hmm. I thought it was one of the reasons why we have Christmas trees. It was originally for Yule. You would bring in branches of trees to save them for the winter so the green man can continue into spring so and then of course that was commandeered as a christmas tree but uh, originally they weren't spruces that we brought into homes they were just sprigs of different types of plants and the entire point was to save anything green spirits to spring because this is the winter is the season of death things die and hibernate and you don't want your green men to do that so yeah cool yeah that that's my what i remember off the top of my head they're also fun to draw they are very fun to draw they're they're cool looking yes so we did while we were there warming up and doing an impromptu tour one of the librarians did say that they had a ghost and it was very nice of them to actually talk about them and it was not a scary ghost at all it was we were in the children's room and the children's book room i should say and they were just mentioning what happens in the building and it's not every day it's not a very common occurrence but one of them jen you mentioned it was music that would be playing throughout the house that has no origin that has startled a few people including the workmen who were working on this house when it was being restored the elevator likes to summon itself which is strange because elevators are not supposed to be doing that and then um, they have books that will get thrown off of the stacks and found feet away from where they should be landing (laughs) physics would say it just should just fall but they'll find them what good three or four feet away in different parts of the building Mm -hmm. so yeah it was a neat building Shall I share my ghost that I found there or ran into? Yes. Okay. Please. <laughs> I didn't want to mention it in the middle of everything. I sound like my son. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's really weird to like turn to you two and go, hey, there's a lady on the staircase when there were clearly like visitors and also the librarian standing right there watching us. And I'm like, oh, that's super you my confidence just level just. Hmm? You could just whisper, "Hey, there's a ghost there." Everyone could have heard it because it oh, was okay. we were standing in the middle of the building. Oh, okay. So when, <laughs> <laughs> and I, I will be honest, I kind of ran past her because we had to use the restroom so bad that, in the free restrooms are upstairs, but I start up the staircase and it's a very well preserved staircase with that large forty foot. Um, stained glass window at the or painted window at the on the landing. I just the landing and standing at that landing staring at the stained glass window or the painted glass window was a woman who was easily roughly my age slightly older she looked slightly rougher I guess she had more wrinkles than I do but anyway she had dark ish brown hair pulled up into a really intricate bun but what struck me was she was wearing a really long dress with a bustle that was white with a whole bunch of lace 
and I'm running kind of by her and I'm like, oh, hey, you're related to Cox somehow, but I need to use the restroom. So bye. And when I came back out, she was gone. And she, when I looked her up, it it's basically the spitting image of Caroline. Uh, wow. When I saw her in profile and the photos that they have available of her are not in profile. It's her looking at the camera, but definitely the bustle dress that she was wearing with a V-neck collar with lace, which was a high collar as well. It just had that um, lace work that makes a V in front of you. Very 1890s. It's, it was like she was showing what she looked like when she moved in basically. And uh, she lived there her entire life. Most of her life died in the second floor in one of those rooms that the staff now use as office space. Aww. So, and also it's where he died too. And they had no children. So I wonder what she thinks of it now. She's very happy. I think okay. she's the one that actually is moving stuff around at the here, um, but she's not startling anyone. She doesn't seem mad. I think she's just um, happy that the boys aren't in the building anymore uh yeah, not that they were say, ever bad hmm? yeah. uh, there were probably were bad things <laughs> i mean there were bad things they didn't outright destroy the house they respected true, true. the house so she wasn't like cranky when i ran into her mm-hmm. and it wasn't a residual spirit either like she was walking around mm-hmm. kind of looking at things but um yeah she she seems to be a pretty chill spirit and quite happy with what content i should say with what the building's been turned into now she's not she's not mad at all it's too bad we don't uh know anybody that was a fraternity brother that lived there at Mm -hmm. the you know during i do do you yeah one of my class well yeah my dad didn't live there um he actually was a pike at uh up at case western reserve up in cleveland but then my parents moved down and got married and i think he used to play pool there mom said that he never lived there but he used to play pool there a lot Mm. Um, but parties there yeah i went to uh, uh, at least a i remember one party there i think i was at one party there um and so i got to see the very top like the you know because we got a tour of the whole uh building so i was at a party there but also i had a classmate that was that went there are I don't still... know if he lived in the house, but um, okay. he was in that fraternity in the 80s. I would love to hear if they had any ghost yeah. stories from yeah. there. Because I finding like libraries are interesting in that they'll either really go hard on their hauntings and say, yes, we're haunted, like the Willard Library, mm-hmm. or they won't so much, but they'll willingly tell you about it when you ask, like like mm-hmm. with a Clifton branch where I just mm-hmm. directly asked, I said, is this place haunted? Mm-hmm. And then we got stories. Yeah. But and they're not, as I keep reminding people, ghosts are not like these huge supernatural beings that are going to make the walls bleed. <laughs> they're really mundane, especially with how they talk to us because they also were human at one point. So playing music, like she's sharing her favorite music with the people that work there. She's like, I love this. I want to listen to it. You can listen to it too. And uh, I'd love to know what that music is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, It's that would be really cool. So I wonder if they'll ever let anyone investigate the building for a paranormal investigation. That would be interesting. I'm sure it would have to be during like a winter or Thanksgiving break or summer break when there isn't as much student activity, Mm. but because I can imagine since that entire neighborhood is apartments where I think students and faculty live, it probably gets loud. Mm, especially yeah. during football games. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right. So moving on to our next location. This one. Have any of us been to this one? I've been to Carnegie Libraries before, but not specifically this one. I don't think All right. so. So this is the Portsmouth Main Library in Scioto County. Located east of Cincinnati is the historic Ohio River port town of Portsmouth. The Portsmouth Public Library traces its history to 1831, where a small library opened at the corner of Market and Front Streets, but it didn't stay open for long. In 1879, the Portsmouth City School Board donated a building at the corner of 5th and Court Street to be used as a public library. 
Colonel James Warden of the first was the first librarian at this location, and he grew the library's collection to 5,000 volumes by 1881. In 1902, Andrew Carnegie donated $50,000 to build a new library with, <laughs> and that's, that's a little dude, um, library with the solicitation of Henry A. Lorberg. The new Portsmouth Library opened on February 1st, 1906 on Galea Street and is still used to this day. The architecture stays true to numerous Carnegie libraries that dot the country, even though the library received renovations and extensions in 1971 and 1995. And uh, for all of you listening, that small child's voice was my little dude. It is not a ghost. <laughs> it is protesting bath time. Anyway, local legend has it that a woman by the name of Grace is said to haunt the balcony area of the library, which is now closed to the public. Grace is believed to be a former employee or a person, just a random member of the public, who fell to her death from the library balcony and has been witnessed by staff wandering the, uh, the area ever since. The second ghost has been witnessed roaming the halls of the library. In this case, it is that of a homeless man who died in the library or around the library, according to legend. In life, this man said was said to visit the library frequently, and now his ghost is sometimes seen along the stacks. Lights go on and off by themselves, and books are mysteriously rearranged. Both Grace and the old man keep to the original 1906 portion of the library and do not frequent the newer wing additions to the building. But just know that you are never truly alone while visiting the Portsmouth Main Public Library. That is kind of sweet. It's like a mix of Waverly Hills and... Yeah. And, and uh, a few haunted opera houses here in Ohio. <laughs> it seems like a lot of libraries are repurposed buildings. So, mm -hmm. you know, and, and houses. And especially if you drive around Westwood in particular, there's some really beautiful old buildings that are libraries. And so I wonder, mm -hmm. you know, if some of them have different happenings. So yeah. if you know of any, there are so many library branches in town. Let us know. Oh, yeah. There was a Carnegie Library for sale in uh, somewhere in Indiana last year, and I'm like, wow. I really wish I could have bought it. But and I've been following them on Instagram as they're doing their renovations, and it it, it is a cool, cool, cool old building, you know. And I, it's just, I think they're going to turn it into an event center. And I was just like, man, I'd want that and turn it into an art gallery. Or I found it. Art space. Yeah. What's the name of it? So this is the former Carnegie Library in Kendallville, Indiana. And it used to be the Kendallville Public Library. It was on the market for $250,000. Mm -hmm. And is one of the first, or sorry, one of the original 2,500 libraries built by Andrew Carnegie. So, yeah. Eventually, it will be an event center. So yep. you can hold an event or visit or something. <laughs> yeah. We can totally go to a haunted ghost convention there. Oh, that'd be fun. Yeah. I've been up to uh, Fort Wayne. They used to do events at the um, Masonic building mm. there for ghost hunts. And man, was that place paranormally active. So. I imagine... um because aren't those more just like people, it was like a club men would just go and hang out at? Oh, yeah. Essentially, that's what um, Masonic Lodge is. Yeah. And uh, I, there may be people that will fight me on it and saying, it was really mysterious. No, my dad was one. I went to them frequently. I've read their little handbooks. They, they're just, uh, they would perform little ceremonies that were slightly biblically themed and then they would go drinking okay actually so no i take that back out. their their lodges are dry unless they have a liquor license it depends on who's a member okay. but um yeah so i imagine a lot of them were happy there oh yeah they, they had a lot of fun they, there after they passed yeah especially um in the earlier part of the century like i'm gonna say pre-1970s and earlier it was a huge social thing yeah. That's what, yeah. I mean, the Flintstones get, what is it, the Water Buffalo Club that they have in that? <laughs> That's a really accurate representation of what all those social clubs are like. Yeah. And they were very important to people. Yeah. Um, and Especially veterans. 
Yes, especially veterans. But you had social clubs for any facet of society back then. And they aren't so popular now. Everyone's kind of moved online. Everything is Reddit. <laughs> That's where our yeah, social well, clubs it, are. It, it, they, were, yeah. they were fraternities for adults, basically. I yeah. mean, you had well, to yeah. be recommended. You <laughs> know, I don't one? know if you'd... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they were, yeah, they were organized. It was harder to get together probably back then. Now, yeah, yeah, it's it's Reddit or your favorite Facebook group or whatever where you can yeah. meet up with, with people and, and talk about whatever it is you're interested in. Yes. Yeah. And I'll take this reminder to say you can join us on Facebook at Hometown yes. Haunts. <laughs> That's where our okay, uh, digital. My, my imagination is. is off running now. Oh. Like we uh, need to buy a nice, real big, pretty house. And we can have sleepovers, and we can have. Well, wasn't there just a TV and... series that was like a about a lodge or something? I forget what it was called. My husband watched it. It started on Fox. It was called Lodge something. What was it? Lodge Forty Nine. And it was like about a failing, like old fraternal lodge, and but it was uh -huh. a comedy, and and it was supposedly quite good. I knew a couple of people that really liked it. Oh yeah, I'll have to watch that. That hits really close to home. So. Yeah. Yeah, Indiana and a lot of the rural uh, states still have really thriving lodge cultures mm -hmm. because that is, with a lot of the farming communities, still the easiest way to get in touch with everyone is go to these events. In larger cities like Cincinnati Not and so along the eastern seaboard, yeah, those Masonic lodges are gone or yeah. dwindling. So. Or it would be nice to have a space where people can come in, like have a D and D night if no one wants, like if they don't have a space in their house to do it. Or mm -hmm. oh yeah, uh, that would be the place to do it. Or just to have like a writing group or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Obviously, I'm bored right now because I have nothing to do. Not we that I don't go... have anything to do. I have plenty to do. I just I don't know what to do with my life at this point. So um, my brain is off in all sorts of directions. Well, you'll be happy to know that the Tome Bookstore does a lot of social events like what you just mentioned. Oh, okay. So one week, one night sometime, we'll all go to the Tome okay. and uh, hang out there. They have a coffee house. Okay. And uh, Didn't you say they had a writing group too? They have a writing group. Okay. Um, I think they even have a D&D &D group that meets every week to play. Oh, fun. So they do a lot. I love them. They're such a great asset to our uh, local yeah. books group. So, yeah. Okay. All right. On to our final location this weekend um, is the Garnet A. Wilson Library in Will Waverly, Pike County, Ohio. And this one I actually am starting with a quote. Um so me and my buddies were riding the elevator down to the kids' book room when we heard an old woman talking, writes Mike Hawk. We looked around the corner and there was an old woman that looked like she was in her late 70s. She had her hair pulled up in a bun and was wearing an old red dress down to her ankles and black shoes. You could see straight through her. She had an old book and handkerchief in her hand. When she saw when we saw her, she paused, looked at us for about five seconds, and all of a sudden, she just faded away. After that, we scrambled up to the main desk and told the woman on duty what happened. She told us that we weren't the first people to give her reports on the same occurrence that week. And this was an eyewitness account submitted in 2005 to the Ohio Exploration Society. And you can read that online on their website, which is one of the sources for tonight's show, which I forgot to mention at the top. Well, we're Remind me to say all the sources when we're done. So the Pike County Free Public Library was founded in 1939. The first librarian was Ms. Madison Irwin. From 1939 to 1978, the library was part of the Waverly, Waverly High School. But in 1978, the library was moved to North High Street in Waverly. Finally, in 1985, the library was moved to its present location at 207 North Market Street in Waverly, Ohio. The library's present location was a generous gift by J.B. Wilson, and he requested that the library be known as the Garnet A. Wilson Public Library of Pike County in honor of his wife. Now, no one knows when the reports of the lady in red at Garnet A. Wilson Library started, but she has been witnessed there by various staff and visitors through the years. She's described to be an older woman with her hair up in a bun, an ankle-length red dress, and black shoes, as Hawk described. 
Also, she is described to be carrying a handkerchief in an old book in her hand, and she may startle the staff and visitors since she looks and appears human and there until you actually try to approach her, and then you realize she is translucent and she just fades away when approached. Like the ghosts in Portsmouth and Clifton, Garnet... Garnet A. Wilson's Biblio spirit is that of a friendly nature, caring for the books and the literature, caring for the books and the literature lovers who visit the libraries they call home. So, on that note, I do have one request for our listeners: if you're in Kentucky or have lived in Kentucky and you have stories about haunted libraries or really any places whatsoever, please write in. We know Kentucky is haunted. There are just very few stories that make it out onto the internet to be shared. I I love Kentucky because it is so quirky. There is so much stuff. It's a diverse group of people in history. And it really gets knocked around when it really shouldn't. So if you have Kentucky stories, please write in. it's, It's just, we need to share them. Also, the sources, and then we can talk about other libraries we know of. So the sources for tonight's show, because I was remiss and I forgot to s- cite them. Our personal adventures on December 17th, 2022. Also the park of two park moon, <sighs> two park view manor. I don't know why I was par- saying parkland. Also Cincinnati magazine, Cincinnati refined the Ohio exploration society, the Hamil- the Cincinnati and Hamilton public library, the Pike County library and the American libraries magazine. Those are all of our different sources for tonight's show. So, any local libraries around you when you were growing up? Were they haunted? I had never, for me, no. But, you know, I didn't really pay attention to those things then. But, mm -mm, I didn't. The only one I can think of is the one in Ghostbusters. And their creepy librarian <laughs> in the basement. <laughs> I completely forgot about her. She's at the yeah. beginning of the movie. Yeah, yeah. Oh my goodness, Christina, did you know of any haunted libraries? I don't know if it ever came up. I mean, we certainly spent a lot of time in the library uh, from when we were growing up at Mount Washington and we used to go to that library that's right next to that giant water tower. And you know, all the different libraries that we went to over time. I don't remember ever seeing anything untoward, but I kind of wish there had been. I mean, the library was actually one of my favorite places. There we go. I unmuted myself. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I love libraries. I remember somewhere, and I should have asked James before we went on the show, he did that entire show talking about the woman who was murdered at the library that they investigated a few years ago i don't remember which library that was now i don't either but he i love listening to him tell Mm -hmm. that story at um marietta yeah that was cool yes he's such a good storyteller and you can see him this march (laughs) yes at the frog band festival (laughs) but um i actually have two library stories one of them i wrote about for my first book which is um Haunted Hoosier Halls, Indiana University. And I'm not going to actually read from the book because that would require me to go find a copy of the book. (laughs) It's buried under stuff right now. But the Herman B. Wells Library at Indiana University Bloomington is known to be haunted. And it's haunted in the very similar way as the Clifton Branch is, where books will be thrown off of the stacks. They'll be found feet away from where they're supposed to be. You'll hear phantom footsteps in some of the stacks. I think one of the floors, I want to say it's the third or the fourth, is super haunted and has this very creepy vibe when you go to it. Um, I kind of remember it because it's also the stacks where all my East Asian language uh, resources were. It was that particular floor. And it just always seemed really dimly lit or just never enough lit and felt like something creepy was following you through but i don't remember anything actually illicit ever happening there i mean it had the urban legend that it was slowly sinking like a foot every single year but no that's complete bunk but that was that 
And then the other one, the other library that I know of, and mine is secondhand information because the person that it happened to was my mother. And uh, that is the Ashtabula Public Library in Ashtabula, Ohio. So this one's famous in Ohio for being actually buried or buried. No, it is built on a graveyard or at least a grave site. And I know this is true because my mother found that grave site. <laughs> wow. Um, by accident. So um, rolling back a little bit, and I don't know the history of this library, but I know in the late 1950s, early 1960s, they were working on the expansion of the library. And my grandfather was the architect in charge of that expansion. So he was out there with the digging crew and they're starting to make the big pits to be able to put the basement and all its supports down first. And my mom goes out just curious to see what got trudged up and she finds a femur. She didn't know it was a femur at the time. She just goes, it was a really long stick and it had knobs at the end. <laughs> and my grandfather, who was a very smart man, looked at that and went, oh <laughs> drat <laughs> so that's not good <laughs> that's not good so he calls the cultural resource management which are all the anthropologists and archaeologists that will come and look at sites if you accidentally find human remains that are uh, of historical value and there was rumor that it was a native american burial ground that i should be a public library is built on that is false. It is some of the first settlers of Ashtabula whose graveyard it is built on top of because they found the hand-hewn casket nails around where his this man's skeleton was and then some very, very rotten coffin boards. So, um, and you can actually do, this was back before carbon type dating was really a thing, but you could still date things by the artifacts that are found with the body and because of these particular way that the uh, nails were made you can tell that it was around just after the civil war not civil war revolutionary war so you're looking at the late 1700s when this person died which is it's about when people were living in ashtabula and he had people pushing uh west because it's the connecticut purchase area so yeah, the, the Ashtabula Public Library is also known to be haunted by a lady in gray and is kind of confirmed to be the one of the older librarians. Um, so that was around in, I think, the 1940s. She She's also another older woman who haunts the library because that's where it made her happy. Yeah. So, and just like with Clifton and, um, oh, the, um, <laughs> I just forgot the other one. Uh, Wilson, um, Garnet Wilson, Garnet A. Wilson. They are kind of the stewards of the library and they're just keeping an eye over it to make sure it's just working the way they think it should. What I like about her, one, she's in a red dress. Yes. Because you don't hear that very often. And no. she makes eye contact. Yes. Like, it's like she's trying to approve whether or not you should be there. <laughs> yeah. I like how she's always carrying a book as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just maybe it's her favorite one. Yeah. Has any, I wonder if anyone has noticed like a title or anything. That'd be kind of fun to know. That would be yeah. her favorite book. Yeah. yeah. Wonder what it is. Yeah. Maybe it's Frankenstein. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mary Shelley. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, one thing the, the since we're talking about libraries, I mean, the, the library photos of Cincinnati's old library that was built in mm -hmm. 1874 is went viral because it looked amazing it was and it had you know spiral staircases and all of these like very tall stacks mm -hmm. i mean the photos are absolutely amazing and it was torn down in the 1950s mm -hmm. so I mean, it probably was a nightmare for accessibility oh it was have you ever yeah. read the accounts of people who worked in that library i'm no. sure they got hurt a lot oh it was hell yeah, so Jeff, Jeff those huge windows that you see were the only natural light in the entire building. Mm -hmm. Everything else was gas lamp or candles. Oh and my because gosh. Of, yeah, <laughs> because of that, they constantly got poisoned 
by all of the carbon monoxide being produced in the air. So everyone was constantly getting sick. And people, if you were working in the basement or the lower floors, they were passing out from the heat. So it was it, it beautiful photos. It, it's the Mercantile Library is very similar in feel. Um, it's a great place to visit and listen to lectures, is. by the way. Yeah. yeah. And but yeah, the actual working in the original public library in Cincinnati was not enjoyable at all. And weren't the stacks metal they yes. were yes. And people fell from them yeah a lot. jeff and i have had multiple conversations about this place he because he, he it's kind of a bone of contention with him maybe jeff sees he yeah. um he goes yeah it was beautiful and everybody's wondering why it's not still there it's because it was dangerous <laughs> well i mean i it's think outdated. that's <laughs> It's too bad something couldn't remain of it because it yeah. was so beautiful with the marble floors and stuff. Yeah. I mean, as libraries go on, their purpose changes and how True. people interact with media changes. And so what do you do with, I mean, this thing had like busts of Shakespeare in it. and It used to be an incredible. opera house. Really? Mm -hmm. it Did was all a, of that just end up in a dump? Or... A, a lot of it got they said some of it the one some of the statues are somewhere um let me see this article might say because i know at least one of them is is on display like some yeah. of the stuff was saved yeah a lot of stuff like that would have been saved because it would have been high value so people may have taken it for their homes yeah. may have taken it for their like there were so many theaters and opera houses in the tri-state yeah. area a lot or churches too it could have just gotten repurposed there <laughs> Um, while Christina looks up information there, I did look into the Mercantile li Library and they say on their website, they say we may be haunted because one of our librarians did die here in the 1930s, Ooh. but we don't actually have any ghost stories. Like no one has shared ghost stories of running into anybody or books falling off the shelves on by themselves or anything. So uh, we will have to investigate there because Greg Hand actually just did a talk there. Oh, like yes. Last weekend, I think. Yes, last yes, week yes. sometime. Yes. It, it would be really neat to go. I've never been there. Oh, it's, really? It's a great place. It's a yes. beautiful place. I hear lots of good things about it. I just haven't yeah. I've been to a couple of, like, Books by the Banks. Unfortunately, I didn't do it this year, but every year when you are at Books by the Banks, they used to have a really nice cocktail party up there oh, for nice. all the authors. And so I've been to a bunch of those. And it's a great time to kind of look at the different things. And they, they do some really great talks, like um, Kevin Necessary spoken there uh, about political cartooning and Greg was just there talking about his book. I mean, it's a great uh, library to support uh, because they have a lot of, if you're a member of the library, you get to see these lectures for free. Yeah, that, that was something I wanted to point out for our listeners who were like me and did not realize this. It is a member only library. It's not a public library. So you pay every year to be able to go visit it and then yeah you can check out books and see talks for free kind of okay. like our hmm? no go ahead oh it's just like our nature preserve that's actually out towards you jen it's yeah. membership mm -hmm. and but you can go visit it at any time of the year and yeah. enjoy the events uh jeff used to have a um a comic book group that met there no and I, I went to one once when I read Watchmen for the first time. It 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 is it's quiet. It's I think we might have been the only people in the building. Hmm. It was just it's just a beautiful beautiful place, and you almost kind of feel like you don't want to touch anything because you don't yeah, want to kind like, of run has it. that museum feel to it. Yeah, yeah. yeah Jay it, used to run that, huh? Jay used to run that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, the 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 graphic yeah. novel. They would review them every. Was it how yeah, often I was it? that? I want to say they met every month. Yeah, they did. Maybe once I don't know if twice. they still do. Yeah, no, because of so. COVID. Yeah, yeah. Well, that oh. explain it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, and I'm um, not finding quickly finding where, but I some there was something that was from that library that's on display somewhere, but I'm not finding it quickly. I'll put it in the show notes. Okay. Okay. Or maybe in the group. Yeah. Yeah. So I used to. Christina, you may want to cut this out. Um, I don't know how publicly I want to say this, but um, one of our former reporters from the Enquirer, I think, runs it now and does 
I think he's responsible for getting like the the speakers and everything there. So we might be able to reach out to him and see if we can't do a ghost tour there or a ghost hunt. That would be something. very nice. I would love to be able to do that. Yeah. I'm looking maybe up have, where it is now. Maybe have Jeff do it because I was not on good terms with him. So. Oh. Yeah, so just cut that out. <laughs> Good to know. But Jeff gets along with everybody. <laughs> that is true. Yeah. Unless you're talking about Star Wars. Unless you're talking about Star Wars. <laughs> or Star Trek. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. The newer ones, not yeah. this. Yeah. Yeah. He's very passionate. Oh wow. I bet I could get a bunch of writing done in this place. You could. I'm looking at photos. I'm sorry. It's really it's re- it's really a neat place. Um, but yeah, maybe we can do an investigation there. Um, Mm -hmm. or at least at the very least I had a membership for a while, but yeah, COVID kind of, yeah, wiped it out. I think his lecture, uh, Greg's lecture was just like last Thursday or whenever it was I had, it's either coming up or happened, you know, time is fluid and I couldn't do it because it's when I have class. Yeah. Because I teach on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I've been there for a couple of things. I just can't remember what. And it's been so long. I do know, like the the entrance to it is kind of hidden. It's kind of hard to find. Ah, yeah, it's, it's like, almost like a secret door. <laughs> but it's not really. And but if you're not well, it's like at the it, top of. It. It's the top of a building. Like mm-hmm. you go in, and it does, and it's like everything is closed. That's yeah. at the base. Oh man, how cool would it be to have your own private? Like they used to back in the day, all the like the Vanderbilts would have their own library. This is that kind of feel, like it's someone's house. Mm-hmm. You know, we did a sketch just... session there uh, for Urban Sketchers, mm-hmm. and the library was not too happy with us when forty of us walked in. Yeah. <laughs> we're sketching. Yeah. I'll have to share them. It's a neat place, like sculptures, and yeah. you know, it was a great place to draw. I guess it could, it. I mean, because it's not a cheap membership, it might, it's kind of like an exclusive club to be a part of, just to be able to go there. Don't you think? It sounds like it. I'm looking it up right now. Oh, yeah. So how how much is a thingy? I thought it was like 60 bucks. Let's see. An individual membership is 65 and a household membership is 110. I was close. Yeah. So it probably was 60 when I signed up because it was a few years ago. Yeah. It's for what it is. It is a, uh, it does make it a little bit more exclusive, but Mm. I mean, you get to be with books. And some, I think, don't they have some rare books there? I think so. Yeah. Though they don't have the books that are bound in human flesh, like the university of Cincinnati. (laughs) Anyway. Will they let us see those? No, they won't let us see those. We, we need to know somebody who works Not in that even particular like library. Not even a piece of glass or something? I don't know. That'd be really cool. cool. So, yeah. on to our hometown haunt. <laughs> <laughs> we digress. <laughs> <laughs> and it, please send us hometown haunts. We love hearing people's stories. Especially from Kentucky. <laughs> Kentucky, I'm calling you! Jen, please share okay. the hometown haunt. Um, okay, this is from Deborah. When I was in junior high, I was studying in the living room and my parents went to a visitation for a friend. Our telephone was in a nook in the wall in the dining room and I looked over and the cord was swinging back and forth and I hadn't been near the phone. The lady we bought the home from passed away in the living room. We knew because a family friend of hers and ours was visiting and went to the kitchen to fix tea for both of them and when she returned to the living room, The woman had passed away. I don't think I took a breath until my parents returned home. Wow. That's delightfully spooky. Thank you, Deborah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I I wonder if there was anything else that happened at Deborah's house. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I'll have to inquire. Yeah. That's one. I feel bad. That's it's always kind of unsettling when you know you live somewhere where somebody Mm -hmm. has died. And you mm-hmm. don't know quite how to process that. And especially in junior the high. Phone, yeah, especially yeah. in junior high. And then suddenly something that is moving that shouldn't be moving happens. You, Oh, that is scary. So I may have told this story before, uh, but two things. I grew up in a 100-year-old house at the time in the 80s. I always thought that house was haunted, but 
my mom never confirmed that one way or the other. But then mm-hmm. we ended up moving out to the suburbs in St. Louis. And I didn't know this until we moved to Cincinnati that the previous owner had died in the house. Ooh. And mom deliberately did not tell me that because it would have freaked me out. Mm-hmm. But my brother, he was about, I don't know, five or six. He used, he said he would roll a ball down the hallway and it bounced into my parents' bedroom and it came rolling back out. <laughs> no one was in the room and we had a, I mean, this could have been my cat, Mr. Kitty. I mean, cats freak out over anything anyway, but he used to come out of my parents' bedroom in a terror all the time, just, you know, running down the hallway. Like, I don't want to be in here. I don't know what I just saw, but I'm running. Mm -hmm. Wow. (laughs) By the way, I have a really weird story that just happened in the house a couple weeks ago. In your house? Yes. So I was, I was in the bathroom and you know how your pets always join you. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so, and we had just been talking about, I think on the show about those sparkly balls Mm-hmm. And uh-huh. so I was sitting in the rest, sitting in the restroom, and my cat Conan came in. All of a sudden, the sparkly ball rolled in, and Conan started playing with it, and he batted it around. And I said, "Troy, did you do that?" And he said, "I didn't do anything." He and and he was like, "What are you talking about? I haven't been able to find that ball since." He batted it around, and it disappeared, and I don't know where it came from. Oh wow! It's not a toy you recognize. No, I don't remember buying a sparkly cat. I mean, people buy stuff for our cats all the time. And right. it could have been something really old, but it was really weird because it like flew through the door into the bathroom and wow. the cat was playing with it. And I asked Troy if he'd done it. He was, And he kept saying for like the next day, I didn't do that. What do you, I didn't <laughs> throw that in there. So I don't know. He might've been playing it. He's shaking his head no right now. <laughs> he had no idea what I was talking about. So... I wow. wonder if it was, it could have been one of your kitties playing with him. Oh, well, is good at throwing things, but I had not seen that toy before. And I've, we looked around, I looked under the couch and under the, and I have not been able to find it. Oh, wow. That's weird. It was about oh, wow. this big and it was, and it was electric, you know, it, was, it glowed. I mean, it had lights yeah. in it. Yeah. Oh, oh wow. like the little toy balls we play with on the exactly yeah. The, yeah with the kids on the ghost hunts. Oh yeah. yeah, wow, that is that is bizarre, and I love it. Yeah. So next <laughs> time you're over, cat, you need to pay extra extra attention. Maybe okay. we'll see cat. if there's anything. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I'll pay more attention, <laughs> and uh, I won't take my Benadryl, so I'm not woo-woo-y you know how you get on Benadryl because mm-hmm. I am also allergic to cats but I can hold oh. it for a little bit mm. I won't wear my contacts that will help oh yeah so yeah. will be itchy yeah I'll, I will. with three now it's it's like triple strength yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah but I when I come by the next time I will wear my glasses and I'll tell you if I see or sense anyone and if I could figure out where that sparkly ball went. I know. We haven't seen it anywhere. I'll have to yeah. look again under, because I looked under the couch. and Yeah. Because it kind of looked like someone tossed. It's like it gently came in like someone had tossed it. Yeah. And I had I heard Troy walking around the kitchen. So I asked him and, and he said, oh, I, I don't know what you're talking about. Right. It could have been a prank, too. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying. <laughs> Never but I rule out the prank. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that's a that's he's shaking his head still he's but (laughs) he'll never admit to it (laughs) exactly i i will say both of these stories are bizarre and i love it so (laughs) yes thank you for sharing deborah and thank you for sharing that story christina that's great yeah Yeah. uh do you wonder um is kentucky parts of kentucky kind of like west virginia where they just keep to themselves and don't spread their business oh yeah do you think that's why there's i think that's part of it yeah yeah and any um, rural community is yeah true like it's a lot of communities that are close-knit it doesn't matter um where in the country they are and what their ethnic makeup is Mm -hmm. they're not going to really tell their stories outside of the community too often right which i understand and totally respect that yeah um it, it it's that's just the way it is and usually when there's stories it's because somebody in the community has told somebody outside the community and then it spreads so yeah. it's 
Yeah. I understand that people don't always want to share those kinds of stories. And you know what? You have every right to just keep that to yourself. That's yeah. it. I am sad, but I also can't make people share stories yeah. that they don't want to. But if so. you would like to. But if you'd like to, I am all yes. ears and I would love yes. to like just co- not collect it because that makes me sound, it makes us all sound really strange, but mm-hmm. preserve it basically because that is a part of Americana mm-hmm. that um, we don't get a whole lot of information for, I guess, is the thing. It, it's, there's a lot of um, communities where I wish we had more ghost, ghost culture talked about. Because it also goes hand in hand with death culture and how we remember our dead and memorialize them. And not everyone is comfortable talking about the dead as candelier as I am. Like, yes, I'll talk about funeral arrangements so the cows come home. I'm fine with it. Not everyone's like that. I'm a weirdo. So um, I'm like that with murder stories. (laughs) Yeah, it's and not everyone's comfortable with that. And and I know that what we're interested in is not common, I guess. But I, I do find it's really helpful when and kind of comforting when you're sharing death stories because and ghost stories and ghost lore, because that is a very strong part of your community and identity, how you treat your dead. And uh, yeah, it, it's we do need more representation, basically, of how yeah. people are treated for it to become more comfortable to talk about. Right. Or even to know like what happens after you die. Like most people like say you, I'm sorry for saying this, but if you walk into your house and you find a loved one that passed away, like Mm -hmm. what, how do you know what to do? Mm -hmm. You know, uh, most people don't know that. And like for me, when my mom started like at the early stages of her, or her COPD you know I'm like mom have you done any funeral planning she's like I'm not dead yet I'm not ready to die right I don't it wasn't about that I'm like mom I'm not trying to kill you off or anything you know I just I want you to plan for it so I know what you want and what uh to do because Mm -hmm. that's it's hard to figure that out when you've just lost someone yes it's overwhelming and uh, um not (laughs) not to get too off the subject but funeral homes some of them not all really love it when it's just chaos because you're going to make decisions that are not always the best for everyone right because you're so So, emotional yeah Yeah. some places will prey on that not all of them some of them so one of the things and i know i just made a post about this on facebook just with my private account which was Make sure you have your living will and have I saw that death post. Plan. That's a good idea. Yeah, because they are extremely important. If you have mm-hmm. pets, you want your death plan spelled out so your loved ones know what to do with them. <laughs> like, uh, so all of our dogs have homes. People have promised to take them once if we die unexpectedly. So mm-hmm. we know what's going to happen. Um, there, there are cases of people passing away and their pets being put down basically because no one in the family knows what to do with them because there were no plans so the humane society gets a lot of them a lot of the especially older animals too yes it's very it's not a light topic at all but that's how i ended up with betsy her owner passed away yeah and no one wanted to take her and yeah, she's mine now, and she's only, she's about twenty one years old now. So yeah, yeah. that's amazing. That's yeah, so that is amazing. I know. I'm worried about her, but oh. she's still kicking. Yeah. <laughs> but no, well, I'm not. Yeah. But I yeah, one more thing. Yeah. They're called if I die, folders. If I die, and, folders. Yeah. Yes, and that has become more of a prevalent thing with this obsession with true crime and everything. Mm-hmm. So it's great for everybody to have. And if I die folder with yes. like all your passwords in it yeah. with all um, just any kind your pets information, what you want, your wills, your living wills, your 
DNRs, whatever, mm-hmm. you know, or in case, you know, you're, you encounter someone creepy who's being mean to you and you end up missing, yes. you know, so it's, it's great to have those things. Yes. It's actually very comforting to have those things. Agreed. Cause you yeah. know, what's going to happen. It's kind of reassuring in a strange timey whiny way. It's rather reassuring to know what's going to happen. And uh, so Pictures I, of I, your tattoos. Yeah, pictures of tattoos. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> any distinctive things that's if you go missing. Um, but also make sure that your friends and family know where to find these folders. Don't hide them under your mattresses or squirrel them away in the attic. You want or them in put places. Them in the freezer. Yeah. Put them somewhere that somebody's going to, if they are in your house, they will run into it. Um, because it yeah and you don't want to hide re- it tell them repeatedly so, so they don't forget yes yeah. yes because that happened to my mom and my aunts when my grandma died my grandma had showed them where the paperwork was but when she died they couldn't remember where it was oh, and they no, didn't find no. it until after the funeral it was in the freezer it was in the freezer because well, my grandma, she grew up in the Great Depression, and that's, you know, that's where you would hide your stuff. No one's going to look in the freezer. Well, the freezer is going to be fireproof back then. That too. That too. And, yep. uh, yeah, your documents aren't going to really decomp at all being yeah. in the freezer, yeah. one would hope. Um, yeah. Yeah. It, it makes sense. It does. It does make sense. Does. But, yeah. So... On that note, <laughs> on that note, <laughs> on that note yes, uh, <laughs> we, we kind of tangented away, but so don't everyone be afraid to talk about it. Yeah. It, never be yeah. afraid to talk about it. Uh, so if you want to talk about it, you can share your comments to us at Sin Cabinet Curio on Twitter and at Cincy Cabinet of Curiosities on Instagram and join our Facebook group at Hometown Haunts where we can all share our do this in case I die stuff. <laughs> Just be a death positive community there. Yes. Yes. And uh, thank you everyone for joining us. And remember to stay safe, stay spooky, and good night. Bye-bye. Bye.